Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel Fuller. I would show anything. I'd show my hee-hee and my hoo-hoo oh. and my ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> Holly O'Connor. Hey, Daddy, you want to take this to the bedroom? <laughs> and Scotty the Body. I am officially not only the grill daddy, but I'm a hot grill daddy. Oh, wow. It's the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. Only from Hot 101.5, Tampa Bay's new hit music. We need to change that intro. Yeah, oh, right. I think there's a lot of things we need to change. Time, but who's gonna do it? I distinctly Me. remember Holly said at the when we first changed it over, she was like, "That isn't gonna stay the same, is it?" And we were like, "No, Scott's gonna change it every month." Man, there's so many things I need to do. It's too much, and it's a lot. I just like I would do it. I need to do it. I don't. No, it's okay. I need I, to do it. It's on my responsibilities. I need to do it. I just. I'll help you do it. <sighs> I uh, I don't. You know, I'm wondering use right now. Use that audio area anymore. I'm I'm wondering because like, and this is totally behind the scenes. By the way, <laughs> welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, We're just going to jump into like a behind the scenes show planning meeting. Right. Fine. Uh, this is a morning. Welcome to the morning show meeting. Um, we, you can see this obviously happen on our YouTube channel. But when we crafted out the job description for Scott being the executive producer of the show when he went full time, that also did not take into account your midday show here on right. Hot 101.5, um, which through Radio Magic, you're able to do the podcast with us while your show is actually on the air right now. Yeah. Yes. And then through other Radio Magic, you're able to be on our sister station, the country station, K92. Three? Yeah, K92.3. In Orlando, yeah, the Radio yeah. Magic. And so that's twice the workload that you weren't doing before. Yeah. Do you feel like you can juggle all those plates? You know, I think the the harder thing right now is like I could juggle it because I'm doing it. Like I am getting it done and I love that I'm doing it. The harder thing is like understanding in my head like I do not want to become a slave to work. That's what I'm like. That's my fear, and that's why I have like an. There's a certain time period in the day where I just cut it off, and that's why a lot of the extra stuff doesn't get done because I'm like, if I keep going, like yeah, it'll get done, but that I don't want to resent. Like that's what I'm so scared of right now. If like I'm here until 5 p.m. every day, and I get here at you know 4:35 every morning, I'm like, eventually, I just I know the repercussions, and I'm gonna be like, all right, Scott, you're in your 20s, and all you did was work, and I it's. A weird balance that I go with every day where I'm like, of course I want to be successful in my career. But at the same time, it's one of those thoughts where I'm like, when I'm 80 years old, am I going to look back and be like, oh, great, you accomplished a lot in your career. But you you were only in your 20s once. And so that's why it's just been really hard to be like, okay, you have a good flow going. You get done at a reasonable time. Do you keep going? Or is this the day where you don't? Maybe there's another day that you do put a little more time and effort into it. I think that's more so what I need to start doing. I need to pick a day. Where I commit to like, all right, an extra hour, sit down and get that extra stuff done. That it's not urgent. Like the beginning of a podcast is not urgent, but it's important. It does matter. Like, and I love being able to do it. And that was something that, you know, behind the scenes, like that's conversations that I do have with like our boss on like, all right, we need to make sure these things are happening. They've left, you know, left me alone for a little bit while I'm still getting in the flow of doing the three shows now. But it is one of those things that it's like, you got to sit down. It takes takes so much brain power to like go through audio and pick apart things. And then the hardest thing is like I send it over what I think is right, and it gets sent back because it's not exactly correct. And so that's like a roadblock. So I already know there's going to be it's not just once, it's twice. So it's that. Can I handle the workload? Yes, but always there always is something that will be sacrificed. And that's right now. It's like that's just my fear. It's like what am I sacrificing when I'm doing these extra things? Not complaining at all because I know the you know. People listen to this all the time. Grateful. It's just all right now I'm just finding balance, and it's pretty difficult. I'm starting to get a balance on handling all three shows, but the extra behind-the-scenes stuff, haven't balanced that out yet. Do I, This morning um, when we were at the house, and we barely say a word to each other. Like It's sort of like when Holly and I, when you and I lived together, and yeah. we would see each other at the house in the morning, and it was like, hey, <laughs> hey, yeah, and that was like, it. Oh, you're up too. Yeah. Weird. It's just it's – just, too early in the morning to have like a full conversation because mm-hmm. they're about to talk at each other for four hours <laughs> um, on this yeah. show. But I was thinking like there are times when as a person who's done this for a long time where I can see where 
I can I I feel like I could help you with your time management. Yeah. And how to do it because there are little things that I've learned through the years of you know um being like the project manager of a show and also being a control freak and trying to do more than I should do, but then learning how to delegate. And so I, I've done both sides. And so there are things that I see that you do and that you're going through that I want to be like, let me help. But then I'm like, no one told me. I just had to, like, figure it out. And so I don't know if you ever sort of want that sort of advice from me because I know that sometimes when people try to help, it can come off as if they are, as if they're trying to say you don't know what you're doing. Yes, yes. But it's more so as like, hey, I I can, it's like a parent. Like, I can see exactly how this is playing out because I've been there and I've done it. But I also know that if it weren't for me falling down a couple of times, you know, going into a segment, not having all my shit together because I didn't ask for help or I didn't pre-plan it enough to, like, get it together – to I'm like, well, I effed that up. So now I knew now I know I need to like work two steps ahead of myself. But I learned that from falling down. Yeah. What do you like what would you like? Well, I mean, there's been a couple things. Like we've changed a couple of the things that I do now for the show and the way we've gone about it, like you have a good approach with it, Miguel. Pretty good. I still get defensive in my brain where I'm like, I think the first thing is like, of course, like you just said, like my brain goes into, all right, you're effing it up. So obviously, like, you're viewed as you can't do it. And that's, like, that's what I don't want. And that's what was the fear when I first got this full time. I'm like, hell yeah, I need to make sure I could do everything. Because I don't want somebody being like, well, this was a mistake. He can't obviously do everything. You know, that's why a couple podcasts ago, I talk about just giving me grace as I go through this time period of just adjusting and also balancing everything. And that's the one thing I do feel here. It's just, I guess, I maybe I'm that kind of person subconsciously. That I just need to be reinforced that I'm not effing it up. It's just like, it's coming from a place of like, let me just help. Like, if there's something we can do better and more efficiently, communicate that more than, you know what, I'll help, like, I'll take care of it. It's like, no, 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 why? It's like, no, just because it could be done more efficiently. Or I've been there before and I don't think this is the most efficient we could do it. So it's just literally all communication because the first thing it's like, you know, somebody tells me, oh, I'll take care of that behind the scenes stuff. I'm like, well, why? Is it, am I not doing it right? Or is it because... I'm just looking out for your workload, and I see that you have other things that are more priority-driven. Focus on that. I'll take care of this. It's not a big deal. So we're taking care of that now. And again, like nobody's on my butt right now for completing little tasks. But I need to, I think, get better at communicating that I need help with certain things. Or that just maybe I need contribution because that's when I thrive, when other people throw their ideas or help into the pot, not just me alone. That's what stops me, me being alone. There's the root. Got it. I know it's a lot. I know it's so behind the scenes talk, but like, wait, what's the root? The root is that okay. Let's say for the podcast intro, like those. So we so we have an example of like how like I grab those audio bits. Like yeah. I grab that. I Whenever you off. hear us say, uh, if you listen to the on air show and you hear us say, save, save that. that. That is where those end up in those little ha ha or whatever. They're like called like character building liners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whatever those are, like if there's you know. A conversation, maybe maybe like once a week of like, oh, let's grab these audio bits, or I think this would be funny. Like we're all talking about it together. I'm more driven to go get it because I feel like one, we're all on board that it's funny. I'm not gonna grab it, and somebody's gonna think it's dumb. But also, there's other liners where it's like Miguel and Holly. Holly likes you know tomato juice. I don't know. <laughs> if you have those, if you think of them and you're like, oh, that'd be funny, and you text it over, I'm like, oh, cool, and it kind of kicks me into gear where I'm like, because if I sit down and try to think of it. I get overwhelmed by it because I'm like, this is too many. I, I'm I'm stuck. And then it's like 5 p.m. I'm like, I need to just not do work for a little bit. So it just kind of comes down to me being like, if you have thoughts, throw them my way. Kick me up. Get me started like a lawnmower. That's what I need. All right. Holly? Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, it that's valid. I don't know what you're asking. Like, Yes. That's all he, everything he just said was valid. Mm-hmm. I've had stuff that I've had sort of like taken away in the past. And then it usually like leaves me feeling like, I guess I'm just not good at that. And then I will just shut down. So I understand where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I don't know what you're looking for me to say right now. Nothing. No, I was just wondering like basically 
how was the beginning of your career oh. when you went through these sort of things? And like, how did you work through those issues? Because I feel like when you come out of college and you get that first full-time job, you have an expectation mm-hmm. versus what the reality of the situation is. Yeah. And it's never what you fully thought because, you know, when you become a worker in a, in a full-time place, radio, whatever it is, yeah. you never know the full intricacies of a workplace or a job. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it's always changing. And especially after the pandemic, every industry has changed for the good or for the worse. Right. But comparing that to like when you were coming up, how did you deal with those sort of feelings of, well, I know because you, you, we all have that feeling when you start work of like, ugh, all these old people have been in it forever. I have all these fresh ideas and mm. let me show them. I never had fresh ideas. Mm. In fact, I always felt like I didn't exactly belong in this career. And I sometimes feel that way still, too. So I'm like, the I'm the wrong person to ask for this because I don't I would just like if someone asked me to do something, I would just do it and then be like, oh, I can do this. Like, that's how I was, because when I first started out of college, I was doing an on air midday show in one market an on air midday show in another market and weekend shows in two or three markets. But aside from that, I was also the promotions director. I didn't want to be the promotions director. It was just like, they were like, well, we need to do something so you can be full-time, so here, do this. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And then they just, like, they just kept giving me things, and then I just kept doing them, and I did them well enough. And then they were like, well, you know, in this particular market in Ohio, um, maybe you could be a program director. And that's when I was like, pump the brakes there, Skippy. I don't want to be a program director. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I I just took stuff on. Because I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. Mm. Like, nobody ever told me what I was supposed to be doing mm-hmm. in, like, uh, like, a set role. So I just did stuff. I don't know. It's weird. I, I have a weird experience with this. And then um, I also felt like I took on a lot of extra stuff in Panama City because I also felt like I, I had to earn my— I always felt like in this industry you have to earn your keep. In this moment right now, I don't feel like I'm earning my keep. So I, I'm i the wrong person to ask. Why so? Why do you feel that way? Because I feel like I don't do anything for this show. Like, mm. I sit in this corner where I can't answer phones. I can't edit audio. So the fact that, like, I'm writing the descriptions for Scott, and he's probably feeling like, God, why did they give that to Holly? Because, like, I was doing it, which he probably did. No, but this is this is a good point. Can I intervene really quick? Like, yeah. this is a good moment. Because that what when it first happened... I guess the initial shock was like, wait, what am I are my descriptions off? And that's what my thought was. But in in case you don't know what the descriptions are, if you go on the Hot 101.5 website, right. you'll see when we add the audio, like what's written about it, what is actually put there. And so I felt like I was falling off the map. But then I this we talked about it earlier today. The why. I was explained why we're doing that to mm-hmm. kind of help, you know, ease me up with some things. And right. it sped up the process. And now the process is so much more efficient. And you wanted to take that on. And I feel like I could help in some way. Absolutely. And as soon as that was, I was like, bam, any little ego, I was like, oh, that it's makes so much a, sense. And it helps so much. Right. Exactly. But that, that why behind it is like, oh, thank the Lord. Okay. Yeah, I love it. The why is great. But then it's also like, there's some things that I just, I can't do. Like, I cannot, like... When it comes to social media, for example, so I, 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 once I pick up my kid from school, I'm pretty much like off the grid until, and now she's going to, she's going to bed later, which that's a whole other thing. I got to figure that out. Like, well, how do parents do it? I don't understand. Like when you, when your kid goes to bed, like you, there's not, there's not that much time afterward to do so. Anyway, um, <laughs> I digress. Well, also, too, just an asterisk. I mean, remember, you have to go to bed a lot earlier yeah. than most parents. So, like, I remember when my bedtime moved to, like, 930 so I could stay up and watch inter- extra and entertainment tonight. Yeah. And my I, my mom was like, all right, fine. Well, but she was always, like, she would stay up late. Right. Like, when I would have to get up and go to the bathroom, she was, all, she was still up. That's yeah. because she didn't have to get up until, like, she, she would wake me up for school or whatever. Right. And then she would go back to bed until she had to go to work. Like, this week, Maya's on spring break, and, like, so her bedtime, like, we started getting ready for bedtime at 8, and then by the time this homegirl falls asleep, it's, like, 9, and then I'm like, well, better get ready for bed. So it's, like, from about 2.30 p.m. through the rest of the day, I can't do stuff. Mm. Like, I can't. I, I, I There's just, I cannot. Like, I'm a single parent working as my second job as a mother, like at that time. And so it's difficult. So 
I feel like I want to help where I can, but then the fact that I can't do some stuff and I'm like, I don't, I literally am not earning my keep. I'm just over here. Thank God we need a woman in this position because <laughs> I feel that role. Got boobs. I don't know. So it's just, it's, this is a tough conversation, not just for Scott with like newing, being new out of college for this, but I think for any level of, uh, of professional as you go through different life phases. Mm-hmm. So that's all. So what I'm hearing as I'm, I'm taking all of this in mm. is that I have been a poor project manager. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold <laughs> oh, on. Blaming ourselves. Ah, I suck at this. No, I suck. <laughs> well, so, well, no, here, here's the problem is that, you know, we're being completely transparent is that, you know, Holly, over the course of the six years we've been here, like you've had a really, really shitty go at it. I Y'all, mean, my life has been fucked up. Right. Like literally from, you know, the divorce when we first got here. Yes. The heartbreak after that. Yes. Um, And then another situation that you had to go through and then your mom having to go through all of that. Other stuff and the thing and other shit I can't talk about. Right. Mm -hmm. You've had things that have cycled through where as a friend, not as a coworker, or like like I said, I'm not anybody's manager. I'm not anybody's boss. Mm -hmm. That's why I always say I'm just like the project manager. Yeah. Where I just sort of like say, I just sort of put all the pieces together. Which Mm -hmm. is great because you need that. Right. Like every group needs that. And so... I, as a friend, have sort of sheltered you in a way, and I feel like now as I'm listening to you say these things that, like, I have sort of hampered you in me trying to help you and being like, oh, well, I'll, I'll do that for you. Holly doesn't need to do that. I got that. I got that. I got that. I got that. You have now gotten to a place to where you're mentally clear, you're fine, you're good, and you feel like you aren't contributing when that all of the course of the past six years has been me trying to protect you. Mm. So you didn't feel like, cause I know that feeling of being overwhelmed when you're trying to work through something emotional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're also like, well, let me get this tweet together about Tampa Bay secrets coming up, you know? And it's right. like, so I guess that's where I, I have messed up and not communicated enough and made sure that we are not reassessing Mm. Every few months about, okay, so where are we? What does everyone do? What do we need? What can we take away in sort of reassessing our workflow? Um, Well, that's true, too. But it's also weird, like, in a personal level. So when all this stuff has happened, I feel like my energy has been so split, but like, from all the things, that I feel like uh, I, I give away my power a lot because I'm like, I can't do that stuff. Mm. I, I don't even I don't even know how to do it. So I'm just like, well, I'll just to contribute what I can. Because then I feel like I don't think I can do it. Or it's like, or I'm like, what if I don't do it the way that you want it done? Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Mm. So I have to figure it out. I'm like, I don't think I can. Because I, I haven't done social media, like the, um, like graphics and stuff mm-hmm. since Panama City. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't even know how to do it anymore. Right. Like, I can't do some of this stuff. Like, I I want to help take stuff off y'all's plates, but I don't know how. Mm. So there's also that aspect of it. <sighs> it's a lot. This is interesting, girl. This is like a real what we would have behind the scenes I know, I was going to say, this is talk. like a sit-down, like, meeting at the <laughs> like it, it is. Though. This is, I mean, and you know what? <sighs> Fuck this pandemic. I mean, remember... We, right, uh, two weeks before everything shut down, we brought in lunch, we went to the big conference room, and we sort of had planned out the spring Mm -hmm. 2020 of the show and sort of what are some things that we wanted to do, what do we want to focus on, what are some promotions or maybe parties we wanted to plan, um, things we wanted to do with the podcast. And obviously, after March 13th, I tucked those ideas away because, like, we had to totally... Flip the script and like everything. do everything. Like nothing we had planned right. for last spring or summer happened. Everything changed like the rest of the world did. Yes. And so I think what happened is after the summer, we were just tired. And yeah. Well, a, it was exhausting. It was. And then after like the the racial stuff that's gone on, like I was just mentally and physically like it was just enough for me to come in and put the show together every day and just do that right and then we need to take into consideration the entire political landscape right 
that was that not only impacted our job, it impacted the podcast. It impacted like our personal relationships. Yeah. Uh, with other people, it was just and that like. I got off Facebook. Mm-hmm. So, like, that, you're not really allowed to do that in this career. But I was like, for my own mental health, I have to do this because I'm so sick of this bullshit. And it was just, like, so the whole entire last year screwed it all up. But then you have to also counter where it's like, okay, well, we want to do these things. But uh, I know that, I like, I know my level of busyness right now. And I'm also, like, I want to help and I want to, you know be purposeful but i also don't want to get in over my head and then not be able to like um like pull the cord in case like it's too much mm, so mm-hmm. then and then i'm just like i ah, just whatever i'm fine mm, oh we should be able to commute like i i the one thing i'm really taking away from this is like i'm gonna just start communicating my thoughts more and like what i need help with and what i don't need help with and I feel like that's, like, huge for all of us because obviously, I don't know how other shows are, but luckily I feel like, you know, we kind of just talk openly all the time about things. Yeah. And I've always had a problem, like, either speaking up for help or just doing that, and I really want to challenge myself with that because I don't think the only way we're going to get better is by doing that, mm-hmm. speaking up on what Absolutely. maybe to take on and also maybe, you know, have somebody else step in and help. So right. that's where I'm stepping in. Um, I promise to speak up more on my thoughts and what I need help with. I think we Not all should make a pledge to do that. I mean, it's sort of like that's the pledge that I, I made to Abe when we first got together. And I always tell the story about how, you know, when we first got together, he made a joke about how, you know, I'm scared of everything and how he was like, the only reason why you brought you bought Chateau Oprah is because it's a gated community. And I was like, girl. Uh, my joke has always been a gated community are for rich white folk to be like, I feel safe. It's the illusion of safety. Right. Girl, if somebody wants to hop or climb under that fence, which my friends have done to get to my house before, mm-hmm. they going to do it. If somebody wants to kill you, they're going to kill you. I'm coming from another place that we haven't even gotten to in our relationship. But when he made that joke, I just got quiet. I didn't say anything. And I was like, all right, well, I got to go. And then I was just like, my normal MO is in relationships, don't say anything. Be mad. I won't text tomorrow. I'll make him be like, why is Miguel mad? Oh, why is yeah. Miguel mad? And then I was like, wait a minute. How many relationships have you been through where you didn't break that cycle? What makes you think that this is the smart decision to make? And I said, let me actually communicate with him and say, mm. hey, just so you know, that really hurt my feelings when you said that because I take my safety very seriously. And I know that my fear can be off the charts ridiculous at times. I know that. I don't need you to make fun of me for that. And he was like, literally, I just said it, didn't even think about it. I am so sorry. I apologize. I know to be very careful with that because that's sensitive to you. And it was like that to me was like the the first hard bit that we went through because I had to break through that cycle of being vulnerable because Very vulnerable. I was always like, well, I'm a people pleaser. And so I don't ever want to ruffle anyone's feathers. Mm. I don't want to make it seem like I'm difficult. I just want to make it I'm easygoing. I don't want to start a fight. Right. And can I just really quickly interject? Mm-hmm. This is the, my problem all the time. But it's like you have to like and I don't do this very well. I know this logically mm-hmm. like that story. I've heard that story. And I'm like, yes, of course, that's the right thing you should do. Mm-hmm. I have my own stories that I could name exactly the same type of thing where, mm-hmm. you know, I'm having a conversation with my person and like exact just just we'll say the exact same type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then in that moment, we're like, high five for working that out. But then I still do it. Yeah, I still do it. Right. On the weekly basis, mm-hmm. like something is I feel I feel something and I'm like, whatever, I know, I know the reason why, and I'm just going to just deal with it myself. But that's my biggest problem, because I do know so much, like, psychologically about what's going on, that I'm like, I got it. Mm. Right. I got it myself. I got right. it figured out. But the problem with that is that 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 doesn't include the other person. Right. And they're not aware of what's going on, or you. And so I fight with that feeling that you're talking about every week. Yeah. Um, not, like, I don't want to say every single day. That seems excessive. But, like, same thing, like, with my boundary stuff where I'm, like, I got to put up these fucking boundaries all the time. Mm-hmm. That, this thing, open communicating is tough for oh, absolutely. me on a weekly basis. Yeah. No, I mean, and it still is for me. Like, it's not, like, once we got through that hump, I felt comfortable in knowing that I could have those conversations. But there are still some things that, like, I, I, I always debate with myself about 
if I tell you I have a problem with something, but I know that it won't change the situation, mm-hmm. am I just making you feel bad about it and making myself feel better about it? Is it worth it? And what can it change? So that's where I always have, like right now, and I haven't even talked to Abe about this, which, of course, the one time that I talk about something on the podcast that I don't talk about with him first, and he'll, mm-hmm. like, the one day he'll listen to the podcast and be like, oh. Or someone will and be like, right. Abe. Guess what he said? <laughs> but, like, last weekend he was gone with his um, good best friend because they had to go look at a, a new city that he might be moving to. So he went with him. And then this weekend he's going on a little boy's trip with some of his friends that do the uh, charity bike ride. And they're doing this, like, long-ass trail somewhere in, like, up in North Florida. And they're leaving Thursday, won't be back till Sunday night. And I'm like – and then, like, all this week – um, his business, they've been off from painting. And so he's been like helping friends with different projects because he loves to help everybody. And they've been like getting the trip ready to go. We have a dinner with some people tonight. And so I won't get any personal time with him. Mm. And I haven't since he's been back. And the past two nights, I've been like, hey, I made dinner. Mm. You were late. But then I'm like, if I say something, I want him to have fun. I don't want him to, I don't want him in the back of his mind because I do want him to go. And this is always the hard part yes. is that, like me saying something. All of these situations, valid, need to happen. I love he helps our friends. They need help because they help us. He need to help his best friend. He needs to go on this bike ride. They need to start training for this charity ride. So by me saying that, what is it going to do? So that's always the back and forth that I go through in my head. Sometimes I choose to say something. And then sometimes I don't. It just depends on how I'm feeling that week. Right. I deal with that, too. And, like, like for, like I, if I know that there's something going on with my person's mental health or whatever, and I'm like, I know this person so well, I, t- I know what's going on, and it's not going to be helpful for me to say it in this moment, but I should say it at some point mm-hmm. because, like, that's just the way it works. But then I'll tell myself later on that I don't need to say anything because I've already psycho- I've psychologied myself. Mm. But that leads to the same exact thing where, like, where you saying where you just make dinner and you're like, hey, whatever. Mm. I'm just like, it's fine. Really Meanwhile, sure. he's like, what's fine? Are we fine? And I'm like, right. it's fine. I find it out for us. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? It doesn't make sense. And I do it with you. And I, I'm sure, I don't really know if I do it with Scotty, but I probably do. I do it with everybody. Because mm-hmm. I psychology myself to death. Because mm. I do know a lot. That doesn't mean I know everything. Right. Mm. It's interesting communication as a human being and how important it is and how as I get older I'm just finding that that is the basis of so many things and I feel like that's why it comes up so often on the podcast when we can sort of dig down and explore different issues and I feel like so many times we come back to that same well of communication 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 in sharing your feelings sharing your thoughts because yeah. it's so important to to do that. Because maybe Abe would have made a different decision on his week if he knew that that upset me. And he could have rearranged it to say, hey, let's have one night or let's go to lunch together. Or I'm going to surprise you. And I'm, I'm literally thinking this as yeah, I'm yeah. saying it out loud. And I'm like, well, now I feel like a dumbass for not saying anything because it wouldn't. Because my whole thing was I didn't want to ruin his weekend. But it, but you're re- we, you're being ruined right now. Right, right. Because I've just let this sit on my on my soul all yeah, this week. Because you threw yourself on the sword. Yeah, which I yes. do. I do as well. But can I add, like, yeah, you know, you know, we talked about on the air how oh, communication is the basis, and like even Scotty, you were saying how like you need to learn how to communicate more about your what you need and what you uh, need to delegate or help with or whatever. It's not just communication. I think, I think it's also our backgrounds, Mm. how we were raised, any traumas that we carry with us from childhood. All of those things make communication difficult and it makes all of our communication styles different. Yes. Mm. And it's not just communication. It's our our background mm-hmm. so like for example you know miguel you're you in the story that perfectly outlined this about like abe you know kind of teasing you about security literally like we know your background and why you feel the need to be so secure so that that makes sense for you like when it comes to not wanting to rock the boat and this goes for both of us and i don't know if this is probably not the case for you scott but like for us as people pleasers 
we grew up with parents probably whose uh, unknowingly their needs were important and right. their needs had to be felt like dealt with right then. So as kids, we learned we got to make sure our parents are okay. That makes us okay. Mm. It gives us safety if our parents feel okay. Mm-hmm. We get love by making sure that they feel seen. Mm-hmm. So that translates on how we deal with others as adults ourselves. Right. Which, I mean, that's how I have managed the show is I'm like, I if Scott and Holly are happy, they don't feel stressed, they feel like they can come in, they can give a great performance on the show. Which we can give a great performance. You can't. Really but that. then I'm like, well, I don't want to add all this stuff to their mind because I know, I think I know myself where I'm like, oh, I could like have eight arms and do the schedule and think about how I'm going to perform, do the social media, answer the phone calls and edit the best of all this other stuff. And like, maybe I can't like, maybe I'm, I'm, I, I am hurting myself because I'm trying to protect you all. Yes. Well, and it's not only that, and you may be protecting us when we don't need it. Right. Right. There is a great meme that I saw about this entire topic that I was like. I love a good things that can be summarized in a good meme. Girl, I'm like, why is it that this keeps happening where we'll talk about stuff? And I'm like, wait a minute. I just saw somebody post this. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Someone is saying this to you. You're so considerate. And then this is the person responding. Thanks. I was raised in constant fear of upsetting people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you're so considerate. Thanks. I was raised in constant fear of upsetting people. Correct. And when I saw that, I was like, all the times in my life that I have heard, oh, my God, Miguel, you're so nice. You're so friendly. You think about everyone else. And I'm like, girl, that's because I'm running from situation to situation, making sure that no one is upset with me and that I haven't pissed anyone off. Yeah. And the moment that I do piss someone off, I like there is nothing you can say to me that'll make me feel worse than what I've already said to myself. Oh, correct. Because that was your form of love and validation. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's true. And I don't want to say anything because I want you to be. (laughs) I would never say anything because I don't. I'm like, well, literally, I'm like, well. I should probably be doing more, but like Miguel really likes to be in control of everything, and I don't want to take that from him. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's true. It's because, like, uh, we as kids, that was what we learned. So that's our that's our MO for how mm-hmm. we deal with things as adults. And it does work, but like, I'm telling you, it's just. It's difficult to break out of that. Even knowing this. Right. Even knowing this and being great communicators ourselves, we struggle with it. Absolutely. Could you could you imagine if we didn't know any of this? I don't. We would It would be a train wreck. I, I don't even know. <laughs> Wouldn't I don't be able to know. happen. I don't even well, I feel like that's like and I, I feel so bad when we were able to go to like our morning show conference and we would talk to different morning shows and especially like when you're at the bar and mm. you're talking to people, that's when the good conversations yes, happen. I really miss the morning show. I know. I really hope it happens this year. I want to go. I just want to go on a work vacation. Jesus. Yeah. It's not a vacation, by the way. It's right. learning. Oh, Holly. Scratch that from the uh, audio. Scott. It shall be stricken. I'm kidding. It's in the video. It's permanent. Uh, there forever. <laughs> it's forever. not a vacation. It literally yeah. is work. But like we do get to go enjoy time with other people that do this for a living and there's yeah. not that many of us. So right. that's why it works. And you get to actually, I just saw that a message came across from one of our uh, radio friends we haven't seen in two years now. That's like, I hope we get to see each other this summer. I know. Um, oh, freak me. What was my thought? I was going somewhere. Oh, when we get when we go to uh, Morning oh, Show Boot Camp. Yes, when we go to Morning Show Boot Camp. <laughs> And uh, I think it was the year you couldn't go, Holly, because it was Maya's, Maya's first day of kindergarten. That's right. And so I was on the panel for uh, show chemistry. Oh, yeah. And as I was talking about our process and what we do and how we communicate, like I remember looking out at the audience and like most people were like, y'all talk like that to each other? And I'm like, well, we... In order to do this job, like, I don't know how to do this and be any other way. Yeah. And, like, not talk it out and not have these sort of open conversations 
where it's like, well, let's just put it all out on the table and then talk about it and then see what happens and then build up from there. Yeah. I don't know how not to do that. And so I just I empathize for those people that are sitting in the studio where, you know, they say they go in the studio every day and then they are three feet away. Like you can't tell here on the video if you're watching this on the Miguel Nally YouTube channel that, I mean, I could like almost touch everybody like you can see on the video. Scott is like right there for Holly. Yes. (laughs) Like we're that close to each other. Hey. Oh, God. Oh, no, you're not. Hey. Hey. Oh. <laughs> Can't do it. There you go. Hey, girl. How you doing? We're pretty close. Um, and so, but they're sitting there just hating each other for four hours. And I, I was like, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't process that. But that's how some people unfortunately do. And I just wish that we could all like have these moments of communication and these aha moments of like, all right we can all do a little bit better and be a little bit more open about what we do on but, the show. And that's the problem, though, is that not everybody <laughs> is that type of person. Like, I had, I think I talked about this before. I had a friendship, and it's, like, it's really on the rocks right now. Um, and I tried to explain where I'm coming from. Not only did she not hear that, uh, then she blamed me for, for feeling that way, which that could be true, but it was very, it was very like aggressive and it was mm. just like, you better fix this, which of course I was like, this is too much. I can't now. No. And so, um, not everybody is able to communicate on this level. Right. And that makes it so much more difficult. Like I am dealing with a situation and I, there's a meme. I love, I love posting a good um, meme, a good vague meme yes. when I'm going through something. Like, I posted a meme on my uh, Insta story yesterday, and it says, Know this. Some people will not hear you, regardless how much, how loud, how truthful, how loving, or how profound you speak. Wish them well and let them go. Mm. And I'm having that issue um, with my ex-husband right now. Mm. Because, I mean, obviously we were married, so I understand, you know, how he is. But I'm trying to have, it's a very important it's a very tricky and delicate conversation that we, you know, have been trying to have for a, over a year now. And every time I try to bring it up, he shuts down. Mm. He shuts down or he gets angry or uh, he starts a fight in a, in a way that I don't like that fighting style. So I'm just like, now I'm upset. Like, not everyone communicates the way that we just sort of had a little yeah. mini roundtable. Mm-hmm. And that's what I saw that. And I was like, I, I have to let it go. What really sucks is that you sometimes cannot. Right. Like I obviously, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. Like we get along most of the time on most things, but there's this one situation where I really would love for him to at least get a peek at my side of the story. Mm. And, no. Right. And so, but it sucks because obviously that's Maya's dad and that's going to be Maya's dad forever. And it's not like I can just be like, okay, well, I wish you well on your way. Like, this <laughs> Wish you is well in your future endeavors. Right. This is going to be, keep coming up. It's going to keep coming up. And I can't, like, it's, it, it's painful for me mm. because I can't do anything about it. Like, right. like my bag of tricks over here is... To be an open, vulnerable, honest communicator. And if someone does not want to hear that, then I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, shit. Is so is there no way to break past that wall of communication to lead them into it at all? Or is that what you're trying to figure out now? <sighs> that's that's what I'm trying. Mm. I did this about a year ago. I went and had like a, a formal sit down with like some like not evident, like stuff to back me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it didn't go well. Mm. And so then there have been like, so, like, I, and now I'm afraid. And because I've always been afraid of confrontation, and this again goes back to my childhood where I'm afraid of rocking the boat because that was a scary thing. Like with my mom, like if she was okay, I was okay. So it doesn't, it didn't matter what I feel as long as the other person's okay because I don't know how to handle. Like, I'm, a, I, I'm too sensitive of a soul. I cannot go head-to-head with someone like that. I will end up screaming because I, I've lost my control. I will end up crying, and then the message is lost. Mm-hmm. I, I'm too sensitive to, like, fight with someone. Mm. Um, I can have a constructive 
and intense conversation, but I can't fight with you because it just devolves into my toddler level emotions. So that sit down that we had like about a year ago, uh, I brought everything I thought I would want. Like if someone would, like if I, I switched the shoes, I was like, if I was in the situation he's in and, you know, he was coming to me as I am to him. Then I was like, if what would I re, what would make me feel better? What would, mm. give, and you know what makes me feel better is facts mm. and research and knowledge. And here's, I'm going to present something to you and I'm well prepared. If someone came with that to me, I would be like, okay, I appreciate the work you've done on this. Here are my, my questions, answer them. And I'd be like, got it. Let me go back and do more research and I'll come to you. So, like, for me, that's what I need. Like, if if someone's going to try to either convince me of something or present me with an alternative thing that I don't believe in or whatever it is, if you give me a boatload of information or something that you're passionate about and you're like, please let me just help you understand where I'm coming from. Mm. I'm here. Mm-hmm. I I am, and that goes for anybody. Right. Even if it's like, I don't really have enemies, but if someone like I really hated... Like, if they came to me, they'd be like, please, can you just sit down with me? I really want you to understand where I'm coming from. That's all you have to say. Right. I'm there. I have a cup of coffee, glass of wine. I'm sitting, and I want to hear you and try to understand. Mm. That's what I want. That's the problem, though, is that I was treating it like what I would want. Right. But I, and so since that's what I want, and I did that for him, and he was like, no, I don't want this. Here's what I think. You're not going to change my mind. This this is bullshit. And I was like, but, but fact. And he's like, that's not a fact. You, you've just decided that's a fact. And I'm like, uh, but also I have this evidence from this other person. No, no. So the facts and the research and the uh, going to other sources and presenting like a well thought out. Here's me. He That didn't work for him. Right. I don't know what works for him. Yeah. And so that's obviously one of the reasons we're not married anymore. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't, like, so for someone like that or for someone like the friend that I I don't know what to do with, and it's just, it's like this thing in the back of base of my soul where I'm like, I know this is my fault. I don't know how to fix it. Like, that's where that, that's where I stumble because I don't know how other people don't use that sort of research. Like, do I make an emotional plea, which I've done. Do I get angry, which I've done. Do I just not talk about it, which I've obviously done. Real good at not talking about mm-hmm. it. Yep. Uh, none of that has worked. Mm. So um, I would love to know how other people operate that are very different from me. Right. Do you have, have any insight in that? Like, do you, do you know someone or are you friends with someone who – you know, that's not what works for them because what does? I don't because, I mean, I feel like most people that I've chosen to be in my life, like I've, I, I I, have to have that. Mm. So well, that's I, why that's the basis of why you and I are who we are, by the way. Right. That's like how we became friends in the first place. Mm-hmm. So that that's nice. Right. And so but I, I'm thinking the closest I have to that is my brother. Okay. Um, because my brother is going through some stuff because he lives with my mom, and my mom is trying to communicate with him, at him, to and and it's sort of like she's coming up the way that, sort of the same arguments I remember them having when I was younger, and I'd be like, as a little kid, I'd be like, Quanzi, just listen to mom, just listen to mom, and he just like there's just a block where it's just like, there's no. Not context. There's no consideration for the bigger picture. It's just reacting to situations. And there's not a let's sit down and like really process and think and come with a plan or whatever the case may be for any situation. Right. And so even my mom right now is like, I don't know how to. And she's spent, you know, the 43 years that he's been alive on this earth trying to learn how to get through to him Yeah. outside of, you know, some horrible situation happening to where he's finally like, oh, I got it. I learned right. my lesson. It takes people, it takes people different things to maybe get to that point. And I don't know if it's just, 
I hate to say impossible because I don't think anything is impossible. I think maybe sometimes people learn through, and, and I don't know how you get to this for every situation, but through hard examples. Mm. Like yeah. my brother had, was living a very not great life and was doing things that he should not have been doing. And it landed him in prison. Yeah. Because he was hanging around with people he shouldn't have hang around with. And my grandmother, his dad, my mom, our uncles, everybody was like, what are you doing with your life? And he kept playing with fire. And then he got into the worst situation possible and it landed him in prison. And after being in prison, he's like, all right, I got it. I shouldn't hang around those people in those type of situations because even though I don't do those bad things, I have been associating with those people, and now I've learned that I shouldn't, and I see why. Yeah. So I don't know how that, how you can get that type of awareness and, and self-awareness for, some, for every situation, but that's how it worked for my brother. It's a, that's interesting because I also I feel for your brother and I feel for people like, you know, my ex-husband, because I think let's so much goes back to childhood. So like how you were raised. But so like a traumatic thing could happen or like even if, you know, you don't realize it as a parent, something traumatic can be happening to your kid that changes the way they go through life. Like, for example, Miguel, you and me, we go through life with a harmful practice of people pleasing and putting others before us and all this stuff. It's really in the long run, like are there worse things? Yeah. But you know, that's definitely impacted how we work. So, I mean, a lot of times when I would have the conversation or like all these different ways of trying to communicate with my ex, uh, it devolves into he's angry and he'll Mm. walk away. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't think he's ever learned Maybe he's not learned how to deal with that anger, his own. So when I make him angry, not only does he not know how to deal with his own anger, but he doesn't certainly know how to deal with the issue that I'm bringing up because he's mad and he can't even figure out his mad. You know what I mean? So like for for your brother, for your brother, I don't know. It may not be anger, but it may be some negative emotion or painful thing that that's all he can focus on and just getting through that on the day-to-day was it. So, like, mm. all those messages from his father, his mother, your, your mother, um, people close to him, they weren't even getting in because of that layer of trauma. Mm. And maybe that's what it is for some of some of these people where there's no way to get to it unless they totally break down. Like, I have um, someone in my life who... W- would tell you that's absolutely the correct because they went through like insanely difficult things, but it wasn't until they finally literally broke and then uh, could feel again. And it was like almost too much to bear Mm. all the emotions all at once, feeling everything, suddenly realizing who they are at their core and, you know, taking away layer after layer after layer of things that just covered up the original hurt. Mm. And it's like you, they, like your brother, and exactly like you said, for some people it has to be an, a, a catastrophic event right? that shakes you. Mm-hmm. It really sucks that that has to happen. But I think sometimes that's the only way. So I maybe it is true. Okay, so for me personally, to wrap up my little storyline here, is, and this this sucks. I don't know how to process this. There's nothing I can do. And I don't know necessarily if that is the case. I don't either, but it feels like that. Right. And it could feel hopeless, but there might be a, you know, maybe there's someone's listening who is like, I used to be that that guy. I mean, Scott, haven't you talked about in the past that you weren't great at processing your anger? Yeah. No, I was definitely somebody that would storm off. I'd get angry. That's how I handled a lot of my relationship fights. I'd just get angry or walk away. But that's also... Like, I was just putting the pieces back in my head. Like, that's how it was demoed to me when I was growing up. Mm. Like, whenever, like, this is not any, like, dig at my parents, but I just, I do have vivid, like, memories of if my parents got in a fight, like, somebody would just storm off. Right. And then the next morning, everything was fine. And so a lot of my relationships, I would be, like, angry, hang up, I'm just going to leave. And then I would just, boom, I could just put it away. And when I come back, I'll act like everything's fine. But I realized it wasn't okay. And I don't think I was able to get out of that until 
probably my last relationship. So I started to get it. It started to prove to me that I could actually work through it. And I, like somebody literally had to be like, no, we're going to work through this because you needed to see that there is a resolution at the end of this. This is not just angry and then, okay, done. It's like, no, I was finally shown that it's like we could fight. I could be angry. And then I could literally come down that same hill in the same conversation. And it took many trial and error years to finally figure it out. I was like, and now I'm much better at like allowing myself. I could get heated. I will. But also trusting myself that it's like I see there's still a clear ending. Like I see there's actually we can come to the same road at the end. Because I think for so long I just thought it would just never work. So let me just go to angry. I'm going to storm away. Now I'm like, okay, wait. No, it can actually work out. And so now I trust that when I get angry. It doesn't happen much. But when I do, I know at least like. There is a chance that we could be on the same page at the end of this, so let's talk it out. It's uncomfortable, but let's talk it out. But again, it took so long to finally like get that trust because I thought, of, okay, if I just walk away, I'll just go away. Yeah. What made you, if you can remember, realize that that wasn't being super productive for your relationships by just storming off? I think because of, like the person communicated to me that there was still a problem. And in my head, I was like, oh, wait, no, I thought we got rid of that. Mm. There's so many times like that, especially when I got started with this career, when I started in radio and I was with somebody at the time and like we would get at it. We would talk about it. They would try to communicate what the issue was. I would get heated because I thought they were coming for my career and they're trying to knock me off track. And so I just get mad, shut down. And then the next day, you know, everything would be okay, but they would bring it back up. It's like we never solved that. In my head, I was like, wait, no, yeah, we did. And then I had to think about it. I was like, wait, we never actually did solve it. And mm. so you're still upset by it. Even though I stormed off and walked away, the problem's still there. And I still need to address it and sit down and talk with you so we're working on this together. But that was also in a relationship standpoint where it's like I realized that just because I thought it was okay, they weren't okay. And they brought it up again to say like, hey, like I'm still not okay with this, by the way. Just because you walked away doesn't make me okay with it. That's when I kind of realized I was like, okay, I need to actually talk about this, figure it out together. And you know, too, as you're saying that, Scott, I'm remembering, because my mom used to be like that. Like, she was very hot-headed, um, and I just remembered that her and I were chatting um, a while ago, and she was telling me, because I, I was telling her how I, my mom still talks like a crazy person, because sometimes she can be. Like, she still like, she has flare-ups of her anger, and she told me that what made her start to change and to listen to her body and listen to her emotions and try to like process them and deal with them in, in her own way differently was when I guess we lived in Denver and I was like eight or nine and the boyfriend that she was dating at the time wasn't answering his phone and she was like I bet he over there was some hussy so she went over to his house with me in the car and my brother oh. banged on the door homegirl opened it up and then my mom fought this woman, like dragged her, punched her, like just st st straight out fight. I don't remember any of this. My mom was like, I'm surprised you don't remember. Mm. But Well, you blocked it out. Right. And she said that the police were called and that they went and they handcuffed her and they put her in the back of the cop car. And she said, I've never in my life felt like such an awful person when she turns over and I was like just bawling my eyes out telling them not to arrest my mommy and she's like what the fuck are you doing mm. why are you fighting this woman who like first off if you were to fight anyone it's not even her no it's a, it's a man right yeah. but she's fighting this woman and then here's your child just sitting on the side of the street and my brother's trying to calm me down because I'm upset because they're putting my mom in a police car and she was like, that's when I realized that I have got to start acting like an adult and start dealing with my anger. And because she did go to therapy for a little bit back in the 90s. I do remember that part. Um, but for her, it took that catastrophic event of having to suffer through that horrible embarrassment that made her say, I need to do better. So I don't know what that will be. So I, I say this to say, I don't know what that will be, Holly, for your ex-husband. Right. But I it's not impossible. Want, I don't want him to have to go through that. I, mean, I don't want anybody to have to go through that. Like, right. again, somebody in my life had to go through that. And it's just, we talk every day. All, no, not every day. We talk a lot about, like, how both horrifying but also life-saving it is when you do have to go through something like that. Because right. it's like, it does change you. And hopefully you get changed for the better. Yeah. Um, But I just don't know. And, like, what... 
What bothers me is that it's, you know, like Maya's involved. Right. Because we're both her parents. Mm -hmm. And it's not like she, she's really smart. So she picks up on moods and even like looks or, you know, asides. She's real, she, like, God, kids, kids, man, they have these crazy ears. Like, you tell them something eight million times and they don't do it, but then, like, you whisper one thing as an aside and they're like, why did you say that? Mm, heard you. What does that mean? Mm. Um, can you explain that to me in mm. great graphic detail? Because Thanks. I heard it. I've written it down. I've journaled about it. Huh? That's my biography is uh, yeah. the thesis of what you just said. Yeah. So she, uh, it just, I, I just wish there was an, a way to do it. <laughs> I'm not always right, but I wish there was a way to do it my way because right. it seems like my way is less traumatic for everybody. Well, and also, let me say, too, and as so it's, I feel like so, I, I, I take back what I said earlier about I don't have people in my life that are like that because my fiance, Abe, and I have had a lot of conversations that he used to be like that, mm. that he just would be angry. Like, that was his first thing, and he said— I, he's gone through some traumatic experiences in his life right. with the, dealing with loss, yes. but that didn't change him. That sent him further down into anger. Right. And and a lot of times loss like that will. That's not necessarily right. a life, one of those catastrophic life of, usually the catastrophic life event has to happen to you. Right. Not involving someone else. Right. And like, he, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, he said for him, and he was actually talking to someone else about this, and I, I was there and, mm. I, and it was interesting because he was talking about me and he was saying that since him and I have been together and since I'm so on the other side of being a people pleaser and let's talk about it and let's process our emotions and let's talk <laughs> through everything that it's made him reassess how he deals with people in situations where, you know, at first he'd be like, well, that's fucking stupid. You're dumb for thinking that. And now, because of me being like, well, you, what if I said that to you about this that I know is very personal to you? How would that make you feel? So how do you not know that what you're putting down for someone else is making them feel like a piece of shit? Mm. And I remember the first time I said that, I think it was about music, because um, he's very like, oh, that music has shit, that music has, and I'd be like, don't say that. Like, John Mayer, for example, I know, like, it sounds trivial, but, like, that got me through some really fucking tough spots in my life. And so, yes, I know that it's not everyone's cup of tea, but when I was sitting in my college dorm room with fucking softball players threatening to end my life and I had to turn up John Mayer, that's what fucking kept me calm. You don't know that, but you just told me that what I listen to is shitty. Mm -hmm. So I feel like when people, for everybody, it's different. And so maybe your husband, your ex-husband will have some sort of breakthrough, hopefully not traumatic. Right. Where he'll sort of understand that the world and he needs to be a little bit more empathetic to everything. Yeah. To understand that people are coming from a place, usually and hopefully, of love or hurt themselves and they want to do better. Yeah. Yeah. It just, and you know what sucks is that I wish I were braver. Mm. Because I, I could keep bringing it up all the time. Right. Especially for Maya's sake. Like, that's my job. That's my job to, like, be her shield. But it's really scary for me. So I don't do it all the time. And you're also a human being. Yeah. And so you can't oh, always just. Right? <laughs> you can't always just, you know, be Superman or She-Woman um, and, yeah. you know, be, be perfect all the time. Oh, yeah. And I also, it's just, it's so hard. It's hard for me to want, because I know that, you know, it's not going to be. It's it's a confrontation, mm -hmm. and I don't ever willingly walk into confrontation, mm -hmm. you know. So that's just makes it more difficult. Mm. Blah, blah. Well, we have just spilled our guts. Yeah, just left it all out there on the table, and you know what? This will be the last one uh, until next Wednesday. So, oh, wow. I have to go. I'm going on my spring break. Yeah, Holly's going on her spring break. So this is the time of year. It's like this time, and then in July. And then during the holidays that we sort of, it's kind of like, ooh, ooh, ooh. but you know, we always try to give you three a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but this week, this will be the last podcast until next Wednesday. Mm -hmm. But I do know that there are a couple of uh, Miguel and Holly fan members in the Platypus Posse yeah. that are, have been texting. They're like, I'm trying to go from the beginning 
and every time I think I'm getting close to catching up, <laughs> y'all put out a new episode. Well, yeah. Look, well, that's fine. It just gives you more to listen to. Exactly. Now you got a week. There you go. Ugh. All right. That's well, a lot. Thank you so much for uh, sticking with us. We appreciate it. If you want some Miguel and Holly swag, uh, you can always slide up and send me an email with your information, Miguel at Hot1015TampaBay.com, and we'll get you uh, some Miguel and Holly stickers. Scott. Yeah. What's your social media? At Scott Tavlin, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N. Holly. Radio Holly, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Mine is Miguel Fuller, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And please make sure no matter where you're listening, if it's on Spotify, if it's on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and leave a review. You're part of the Platypus Posse, and that would help so much. Yes. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye. Catch up up with the previous episodes of the Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast from Hot 101.5. Just hit up the Hot 101.5 app, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Search Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Uncensored.